Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Then you're out here using all of this language for no reason to try and make yourself look like an expert on something that unfortunately for you, you are not. But unfortunately, a lot of us stop at the applause. Yep. That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. And so what's your actual goal? Are you willing to die for this? Mm -hmm. And even more importantly, do you want this problem solved? Because some of you are profiting from this problem. And should the problem be solved, you become redundant. Some of you are... Pause. 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 Did you hear what she said? (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. I'm Renee and we are your online big sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we're going to be talking about the rise of woke culture, the problem with social justice warriors, and the pressure to be politically correct on social media. Awesome source, woke culture. (laughs) Stay woke, folks. Are Mm -hmm. your eyes open? That is the question. (laughs) Insert Dr. Umar meme. So, Miss Courtney. Yes, ma'am. What does wokeness mean to you? Well, um... I think wokeness is all about can you see beyond the uh, commonly accepted narratives Mm -hmm. of um, various things. So it could be from identity to economics, you know, talking about gender, talking about race, Mm. um, talking about class. And can you see past the widely accepted narratives to see the true injustices of the world? Um, are you clued up on it? Are you aware of it? And are you also conscious of it? Um, it's all about consciousness, mm, really. Mm-hmm. Are you conscious of these realities as you're navigating through your everyday life? Mm. I think that's what I associate it with. Yeah. How about yourself? Very, very similar. Um, being the historian that I am and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. Um, so wokeness for me, first of all, we got to give our flowers to our African-American um, counterparts yes, for coming up with the term. Um, wokeness really originated from the United States as a means of describing awareness, conscious awareness of the social justice issues that African-Americans face. Right. And as a result, like many other um, African-American phrases and sayings, that's kind of been more widely adopted to mm. other social justice um, issues and matters. And I think now wokeness is, as you said, it's very much about having a level of consciousness around issues that affect communities at large Mm -hmm. so it may be around race it may be around ethnicity it may be around gender Mm -hmm. but really having this awareness around the problems that are facing these communities as well as just the way that structures have been created to marginalize or contribute to the breakdown to of a lot of these communities Mm. so that all sounds so fun and nice and dandy and great <laughs> and all that good stuff. Right. But what's going on with wokeness right now, Courtney? Yeah. Like, 
there's been so much and like any term and like any movement there's always going to be some drawbacks and Mm. failings I think what's really cool about you know the phrase stay woke and wokeness is that exact idea the fact Mm -hmm. that we are awake to a lot of these issues so before we jump in and start talking about you know the issues of wokeness yeah what is good about being woke right I think being woke is is super important because I think mainstream narratives will have you thinking um a certain way about Mm. people so I think having assumptions um for example, I think this is the perfect uh, description from my own personal experience. Growing up, for some reason, mm. I never liked Diane Abbott, the uh, <laughs> Labour MP, right? Like, hear me out Auntie on this Diane. one. Auntie Diane. Exactly, no. <laughs> hear me out on this one. I never liked her, mm. right? I always used to, my dad always used to be like, oh, you're like a future Diane Abbott. And I was like, no, she's mm. too angry. She's too, um, she's too arrogant. And obviously and when I say I was young I mean I was like nine Mm. right so where did I have these I've never met Diane Abbott in my life you know um where did I have these assumptions that I I thought her personality or her way of going about politics or her being Mm. was stuck up pompous arrogant um angry vicious aggressive Mm. right and so being likened to her I didn't want to be likened to her yeah so as I grew up I started to realize I don't know nothing about Diana but I actually don't have yeah. like I've never I don't even think I've heard her speak right <laughs> I think this the way my perception of Diane Abbott was shaped Mm. was according to mainstream media. So Mm. every day I would watch the six o'clock news with my parents. And so the way the media shaped the characters of certain politicians is what you believed about them. It's how you framed your opinion about them. And in the case of Diane Abbott, she had been framed as this arrogant, aggressive um, woman, politician who isn't really looked at for her politics but looked at rather as this aggressive person right and I had accepted that I had subconsciously just accepted that that's who she was because Mm -hmm. that was the way the narrative was framed around her yeah and when I got older I started to realize the only reason she's really framed that way is because she's a black woman yeah right and so that was a very I guess enlightening moment for me of that is not her true nature. This is the way narratives are framed and shaped around certain people because of mm. certain factors. Mm. And so as I, you know, got more into sociology, which is my academic like field, I started to realize more and more that this is done not just with Diana, but that's a small example, but with so many things yeah. and with so many generalizations you can make about the working class, the middle mm. class, the, mm. the, the black people, the white people, that there are so many... Uh, assumptions you have about the way society works because you've been fed it by uh, mainstream media when I say mainstream media I mean like newspapers um, the news tv things like that yeah and so as the rise of social media and also just me actually reading books yeah I started to realize actually my my filters of how I perceive the world Mm -hmm. have been shaped by um, a lot of bias and a lot of racism whether by uh, conscious or subconscious um as well as just misogyny and yeah i need to be very aware of that yeah um and so for me that was a a great period for me as a young person Mm. to just be more aware of 
how are things being framed to me and what am I being told to believe and how can I actually create my own mind Mm -hmm. like how can I create my own um way of understanding so that I can actually form my own opinions on people or on certain events and not just rely on what I'm being told to think and I think that's one of the best things about woke culture Mm. it's about developing your own mind develop your own opinion um that is before it's co-opted but (laughs) (laughs) I think that at its baseline that's what's important you know be aware of not just accepting things at face value but think critically yeah how about you Definitely a similar vein. Um, and to jump into an anecdote, I very, very much resonate with um, the story that you told about Diane Abbott. Mm. For me, I would say a stay woke moment or rather a series of moments began with the moment that I read the autobiography of Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Yeah, you remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a period of time. Yeah, sorry, Courtney had to deal with me being a radical <laughs> radical radical lefty like extremely radical mm. that period of my life was um very interesting to say the least but to give you guys some context we were studying the civil rights movement in um in history for our a level mm-hmm. and we were like one of the weird things about the uk for those of you that may be you know listening from different countries and all that kind of good stuff we see you we hear you um <laughs> is that when we do look at black history mm. and we look at like black history month and all that we tend to focus on African-American history. Yeah. And part of the civil rights movement, well, not even part of the entire narrative of the civil rights movement that was fed to us was very much one of peaceful protest. It was Mm -hmm. very much of um, characters like Martin Luther King. And we never came across any kind of alternatives. Like we never heard about the Black Panthers. We never heard about, you know, Black Power. Yeah. We never really heard about the alternatives and i remember once i was literally on the um recommended reading list was martin luther king's biography Mm. and i was kind of like i'm really done with this i want to see something different i want to read something different yeah so looked up martin luther king um looked up associated kind of figures came across malcolm x who i had never come across in any kind of like book or anything to do with our course saw his autobiography bought it read it within the space of like two days Mm. and became the most radical person you could ever be (laughs) like i (laughs) i swear if i could have worn the beret to like my history classes i really would have i remember when we used to all come to history classes in all black yep (laughs) (laughs) down for the cause (laughs) and literally became the most antagonistic person when it came to race relations ever because Mm. i felt like i had actively been deceived to and lied to Mm. about the reality of race relations right and it resonated so strongly because we have a similar whitewashing or even pacification of the ex- the, the black experience in yeah. the uk where it's always about you know it's always super rosy it's always yeah. about being peaceful yeah. when really there's so much more to it yeah. and i think for me obviously you know having grown older and being you know um engaging with other texts and other types of people mm. and all that kind of good stuff I've come to a more reasoned. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's good to be radical. Sometimes exactly. Especially when you're younger, as long as it doesn't lead to, you know, extremism. Exactly. Ex- extreme is good. We are anti-extremism, <laughs> but sometimes it's really good to really like stand for something yeah. just to really test out the waters. So yeah, that, that was kind of like my, after that experience, I literally went on a whole 
ramp like rampage of trying to find out more about just like black history yeah in general finding out more about imperialism and colonialism because that also wasn't something that was taught in british schools mm. british secondary schools for a really long time yeah. i don't think it's ever been taught in detail as right. an actual module so when i went to university that was again on my agenda and i just spent a lot if not all of my course learning about black things black yeah. people learning about society always being like push to check the other side of the argument mm. whose voices are not being included here and i think that's what this whole idea of wokeness did for me again that critical thinking it had me thinking about whose voices are not on the table yeah. and what are the associated agendas with that as well yes. i think what wokeness does really well as a movement is highlights the agendas behind these things because right. sometimes we assume we give the benefit of the doubt right we assume that oh good intentions until proven you know otherwise. otherwise whereas wokeness is all about but what's the actual agenda here mm. critically thinking about okay this voice is not apparent in this conversation but why yeah that's so good so i really think that the wokeness movement the phrase everything has birthed a consciousness to not always assume good intentions mm -hmm. and be critical about the agendas that people are pushing through either presenting a specific idea thought or perception of a thing or a person yeah as well as what's actually not being included yeah purposefully purposefully um but yeah we've talked a little bit about you know what wokeness has done for us yeah and the good elements of wokeness mm -hmm. now pivoting a little bit to talking about where wokeness gets a little bit <laughs> not so good so Courtney yep. what would you say are the more I guess I don't want to say negative but what are the things that we should be aware of when we're thinking about wokeness and the way that it's been the way that it's progressed over time yeah, yeah. particularly in social media now yeah. what are the less savory elements of, course. of wokeness so I <laughs> the less savory elements that's so funny <laughs> I think um some of the more dangerous or one of the biggest things that kind of grinds my gears is everyone comes to these moments of being awakened mm. not in a spiritual sense but like in a political sense mm. um at different stages in their life yeah and i think it really comes down to as we both explained with our experiences it really came down to access to information mm. and yes we did out of our own agency and initiative go and seek out that information for ourselves but in our context we were in um you know formal education yep. we were having the ability to read up on these things and be exposed to exposed to these things and then get access to the resources um even if they were limited to be exposed to more mm. so we came to we were in that position and then had access to information i think some people act like i guess the general air air of it can sometimes be why don't you know this by mm -hmm, now mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. so somebody maybe um, this experience for us happened when we were 16 17 yeah for a lot of other people though that may not have come that early yeah just by because of exposure to different things in their life or lack of access to certain things um even if it's people to have conversations with mm -hmm. you know you may have grown up in a co an environment where nobody told you to think more critically about the things that you were seeing right and so that's kind of of no fault of your own you can't really choose what you're born into in the environment that you grow up in yeah so i think when i see sometimes that 
somebody may have said something very problematic. There is no negating that it's problematic. Mm. But I think you do have to take into consideration, has this person had access to the information that they actually need, yeah. number one? Mm-hmm. Um, and also there seems to be this kind of assumption of, well, you are putting out a problematic, quote unquote, problematic point of view, whether mm-hmm. it be through a tweet, through a post, uh, whatever. Yeah. Why don't you know better than this? And some people just don't can't do better till they know better. But then there's this air of, well, I'm not going to be the one to teach you. Mm. You should just know. Mm. Right. And it's kind of that whole just Google it. Right. Somebody yeah. somebody asks, you know, well, I don't know much about critical race theory. Well, just Google it. I get it. There are loads of like resources and free information that's available on the Internet. Mm-hmm. However, with the way that social media and the Internet works, oftentimes it's hard to know where to start. You know, I went to university, I studied a critical race module. Like Mm. I, I had it framed out for me of these are the list of books. And I was in a university setting where I could even access those books. And I was able to have people who had done years and years and years, even decades of study in this area to ask them questions, right? Mm. I paid for that education. A simple Google isn't going to give you everything that you need to know about critical race. And it's also not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes with this, with the extremes of woke culture, we don't give people room to grow. Yeah. And we don't give them the grace to grow Mm -hmm. because it's not going to happen overnight. I probably have said some problematic things when I was like 12 Mm -hmm. because I didn't know better, right? Mm -hmm. But that wokeness, like for example, you reading the Malcolm X um, autobiography, because you read it, I went and read it too, right? Mm -hmm. But in those two days, <laughs> black that, power. <laughs> black power. in those two days that you read that book, though, it's not like your entire mindset changed. Mm. Right. You may have had this radical awakening to be aware that you need to know more. You want to think more. But it's taken since what being 16, 17 and now like we're 23. It's taken six years yep. of pursuing intentional education to even get to where we are now. And yep. even in that, we still don't know anything. Exactly. This. We don't. We know something. Sorry. We still don't know everything. <laughs> right. And that's going to really elite institutions yeah. and having access to all of those resources too yes so sometimes when i see the way people are attacked for not knowing things yeah. i just think but at some point you didn't know anything yeah. either yeah. right or they just might not have had the access to what you've had the access to to know what you know mm. so why don't we give people the room to grow mm-hmm. and also help people in that growing mm. i'm not here saying do all of this free labor mm-hmm. and try and force people to change their minds but i do think there is within a community yep. people oftentimes the way you access information is by someone else telling you right you can be like go and read a book but oftentimes it's somebody suggesting that book to you that changes everything Mm -hmm. right so we actually need to foster this environment of sharing yeah and i think there are loads of people doing that work amazingly we need to be more open to it Mm -hmm. rather than shaming people for not knowing exactly this how about you oh exactly this like you touched on so many points there that i was just Thinking about um, chewing on and resonate so strongly with there is elitism is starting to co-opt wokeness. It's starting to creep into wokeness. And it's funny because wokeness was intended as a liberation tactic. 100%. So how is it that we have people feeling as though like it it becomes almost like a a measure, right? If you're not woke enough, then you're stupid. Mm. If you're not woke enough, then you're contributing to, you know, X, Y, Z, you're making things worse, blah, 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 blah. When 
wokeness is all about embracing the various forms of institutional and interpersonal so like social injustices mm. that we face mm. so how has it become a measure a yardstick of like how woke can you be how right. educated can you, you be and is wokeness like when we think about wokeness we often think about formal you know education yeah. i love the fact that you pointed out that both of us we've had privileges yeah. right the fact that we had access to information the fact that we went to elite institutions what about you know, very, very small example, but what about when we're thinking about workness along race relations? Mm-hmm. What about the black folks that not they don't have access to yeah. that kind of information? They don't have access to the money. They don't have access to the books. Yeah. Are we now going to not fight for them in black liberation because they don't look like mm. what we've depicted black people to look like mm. in our woke fest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In our woke fest, like it's just. It's funny how wokeness can now become something that's exclusionary rather than inclusive. Yeah. And it frustrates me so much because that's just not, it's been perverted. Mm. And I think, I love what you were saying about, you know, giving people room to grow. That's very different to giving people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Because when you start talking about, you know, um, when we when we start having conversations around giving people room to grow it's acknowledging that they're not there yet and yeah. that's cool like everybody has everybody has capacity to grow from where they're at of even course. and and i think it's this whole this whole notion of having arrived mm. wokeness is not you haven't arrived anywhere you're just you're just at a particular point in the spectrum yeah there is no peak wokeness yeah and i think that's the problem that people think they've arrived at their destination and i think it's like many other areas in our life where people think that they are master they've Mm. mastered they've mastered everything that there is to know about a particular subject and i don't think it's fair i don't think it's fair at all and that's why we start getting into these dusty conversations (laughs) online that are just flat and end up in well you can just google it or these dusty conversations that end up in even more polarized conversation because nobody is willing to give anybody room to grow Mm -hmm. and wokeness is being perverted wokeness is really about helping other people see the problem i was just about to say like (laughs) the thing about wokeness is you have this information to share with other people so that they can also challenge their own ways of thinking that i love what you said like wokeness is not a destination it's not about who can know the most about what because when you start doing that and then you start posting yourself as this expert exactly you know social issues and you think so critically somebody's gonna hit you with another issue that you don't know anything about for example a lot of us cannot maybe relate with issues with anti-semitism mm. i don't know a lot about um injustices towards particular groups say in israel or palestine when you post yourself as i'm this chief executive of wokeness and then somebody hits you with this other issue and how it intersects maybe with your own domain you start acting very stupid mm-hmm. because you don't know everything mm. it's rather about developing a way of thinking yeah. to mm. new pieces of information and new injustices and the other thing that i was going to say is you can see that exclusionary nature of wokeness mm-hmm. when it comes to language mm-hmm. the language mm. that is used mm. it's almost mm. as though somebody mm. can say something in plain english mm-hmm. forget even just plain english they may even explain it in pidgin english patois Ugh. they may talk about it in slang and suddenly 
suddenly it becomes discredited yep. because they didn't use Harvard approved, Oxford approved, Cambridge approved dictionary English. Oh. And sometimes even the words that are used in these spaces of wokeness are not in the dictionary either. Oh. So they are made words. And oftentimes the people who lead these conversations that make people woke, you know, the the social justice researchers, writers, yep. Yep. activists, yep. right? They are doing one thing, but then there are people who are writing their thesis mm-hmm. and then trying to get a name in that field yep. who are coining terms and then people are being shamed for not knowing these terms. Yep. They know the experiences. In fact, they know the experiences more than the people writing the terms, oh. right? Well, they don't even get me started. But these people are excluded from the conversation mm-hmm. Because you don't have the degrees and the letters after your name. Of course, yeah. they don't have the degrees and the letters after their name. The thing that you wrote tells you why <laughs> they don't. <laughs> it's actually crazy just to think of like, how is your form of liberation actually excluding people further? Mm. Why is it that I have to have a dictionary on hand to understand what, what you're, you're trying saying. to say? Even on things like Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that. Like, I don't understand why you have to do up all of this needless and excessive verbosity just to sound like (laughs) just to sound like an expert on something that could be expressed extremely simply oh gosh extremely simply and Hmm. you know what i courtney i even think you're laughing because you i'm conjuring up (laughs) that memory go to the at to my sisterhood instagram page we're gonna post a tweet of the week of renee's Oh, Hall of Fame, <laughs> put it in a frame, tweet, needless verbosity. <laughs> to give you guys some context, I think, I can't even remember what I tweeted. I tweeted something about a particular issue and somebody tweeted me back trying to initiate a conversation or rather an so attack they with thought. me. And they used all sorts of vocabulary that was just unnecessary and I just thought in my head unfortunately for you I'm not the one because I can definitely do both if we need to do the Mm. academic writing that's cool but I'm very much of I like to be efficient with my words and I like to be clear yeah so let's get one thing straight I can understand you yeah I can hear you but I'm gonna par you in a language that's universal, <laughs> so, so they all can see. So they all can see that you're out here using all of this language for no reason to try and make yourself look like an expert on something that, unfortunately for you, you are not. You're not. And that's the thing. Like, there's wokeness. There's no need to be the expert on everything. Mm. Wokeness is literally about consciousness. It's about awareness. Right. How are people gonna be aware if they can't understand what you're saying? Say it again. Say and it comes down to then who are you trying to share with? Exactly. Because oftentimes people want to display how much they know so that they can get into other circles of people who are woke and getting paid for it, mm-hmm. right? Or people who are woke and have bare followers, or people who are woke and have influence, right? They're not actually trying to share their knowledge with the people who actually need it. Yep. yep. They're not trying to do the work involved in that. Yep. They're trying to get I hate this word, but it's clout. Yep clout is killing my people (laughs) it's killing my people because that's exactly what it is and i think it lends itself very nicely into the whole conversation around virtue signaling Mm. and feeling the need to display and present yourself as a person of substance Mm. somebody that understands things somebody that's clued up someone you can go to you know all that kind (laughs) of all that kind of stuff when really wokeness is about consciousness begetting action which actually begets change. Wow. It's not just about 
this is what I know. And I'm sharing it in these cute little slides on IG Ooh, on this panel on this panel you know for it's not just about that it's actually about giving flowers to the people that are actively bringing these things to the forefront it's about changing and transforming communities to make sure that these structures are held accountable yeah. that the people behind these structures that are limiting and regressing communities are held accountable mm. it's not about these pretty little slides it's not about these pretty little um speaking opportunities yeah. and engagements yeah. it's literally about liberating communities and many of us are perverting that original intention wow. to make coin to look cool mm. to be you know virtuous people online yeah. when offline more time there are some people who will be adopting all of this language be adopting all of these things turn off their phone and that's it the work ends there and they don't support the people actually doing the work because they don't care at all like there are people there are activists who don't even have social media handles there are people who have been doing the work for years that mm -hmm. don't get there are community centers that are there struggling with no money Can't stay and open. then you guys are out here talking about you know we're raising funding for but we're not really sure where to to send the funds to you know where to send the funds to oh say it you know again. where to like all of these grassroots community helpers mm -hmm. all of these like youth clubs and yep. stuff that have been campaigning and working their butts yep. off for years yep without the pretty little language mm -hmm. without the cute instagram photos yep. without the opportunities to platform their voices if you really wanted to make change you would use your platform to give voice to the people that have been speaking for decades oh, preach decades say it and this is what it is it's woke culture unfortunately especially because now it's not just about talking we can take for example 2020 mm. right with the rise of social justice um events and movements you see that the conversation isn't just you having a conversation with your community or you having a conversation with your family yeah or um with the people around you in close proximity it's also now people have to have conversations with corporate entities yeah about what's being done and that's actually really important because these corporate entities hold resources mm. that can affect a lot of change and enact a lot of change for many different causes. So I'm not saying don't talk to corporations about this. I talk to corp corporations about this. So do you, yeah. you know, about diversity, inclusions, what they can do, social, corporate social responsibility. The issue is when the person who is, you know, clued up on these issues, mm. like you said, is more concerned with getting in front of these corporate yeah. um, institutions for personal gain mm -hmm. than they are for the advancement of their cause. Yeah. And this is the issue with activism right now. It's very performative. Yeah. It's very, um, I'm doing this and once I get my book deal or once I get my brand uh, sponsorship yeah. or once I get this big speaking fee, I've done my work. I've been acknowledged by this massive corporation or by this massive institution as an expert on this subject and they've paid me. Is that your end goal? <laughs> what? Is that actually... And oh that's why gosh. I think sometimes like we get these things. For example, you know how social media outrage, boycott this person, cancel this person. Mm -hmm. But next week you're wearing that brand. Oh. They'll do a sell. You're still buying. And the thing is now you'll have, you have to buy in secret because mm -hmm. you've gone and publicly oh. um completely severed your relationships with these people publicly but privately you actually don't give that much of a toss so are you integral 
Sis has to be out here cutting the tags because nobody can know that you're purchasing. <laughs> Where's from your that top vendor? from? Oh, I can't remember. It's from this indie brand. Even be saying it's bespoke. Oh <laughs> no, no, honey, because <laughs> I saw that yesterday. I'm I'm even part of the newsletter, so I saw it too. <laughs> they got you, huh? <laughs> they got you too. So I think I I definitely agree. I think even when we're talking about the idea of work, what does mm. work really look like? Does it stop? when the cameras stop rolling is Mm. your work performative i think that's the question that all of us should ask ourselves whenever we feel confused about our purpose or the things that we're trying to do that actually impact a community does your activism stop when the cameras stop rolling Mm. what do you do in secret what do you do when people are not watching you are you an activist only when people are watching Watching you you or not Yeah. yeah and i think for many people honest answer is no and that hurts yep and we're not saying that you should take up the mantle of every cause by Mm -hmm. the way because i think a lot of people are right now especially in 2020 with all of the rolling punches that we have been dealt with the different movements the different issues and that i mean that's a whole another conversation about the fact that we are inundated with information that we just do not have capacity to process Mm -hmm. like we we have access to too much information but It's about aligning yourself authentically with causes that you care about and care to continue to care about when the cameras stop rolling. It's about that. Authenticity. Yeah. Consistency. Consistency. That's what we want to see. And actually being devoted to the cause. I think a lot of people's goals are not the solution to the cause. A lot of people's goals is just out of selfish humanism. Like, how far can I get? in this and and how does this affect me as soon as this becomes i i remember um we are both uh contributors to taking up space the murky books um publication written Mm. by oria gumbi and uh chelsea kwache and uh yeah that there's a section in there talking about activism whilst we're at university and i remember what uh, during the conversations for the book we were talking about you know activism on campus and one thing that i brought up was I think a lot of us think activism is just tweeting from your phone. And yes, Mm. social media activism is now a thing. Mm. Social media can bring about good amounts of change. I'm very aware of that and I believe in its power. Yeah. However, I think when we just stop there, real life issues need real life responses. Your online response sometimes is not enough. It's It's fine if you're just contributing to the cause and you're giving light and awareness. Yeah, completely fine. But if you're saying that this is what you stand by and this is a cause that's deep on your heart, you actually have to die for this, right? (laughs) And I said it and it seems, it sounds so extreme and some people are like, it's not that deep. But really and truly, when we look at the Martin Luther Kings, the Malcolm X's and more of the many social um, activist leaders, yeah. This cause was more than just getting to the White House, getting in front of cameras. All of that is actually just resources and stepping stones Mm. to get to the greater purpose of why I'm alive, get to the greater purpose of solving and and satisfying these frustrations Mm. that I have in me towards whatever cause I believe in. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of us stop at the applause. That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. And so what's your actual goal? Are you willing to die for this mm-hmm. right are mm-hmm. you willing to actually have your life inconvenienced yeah. for this cause yeah or is everything conveniently falling into place mm-hmm. for your acceleration and mm-hmm. for your um what do we call it 
for your social capital, yeah. right? And for you to look really nice and embellished and have all of these accolades on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Or mm. are you willing to be inconvenienced? Yeah. I'm sure a lot, like we're living in a time now where activists, they get big checks, yep. right? Yep. I'm not against that. I'm not shaving that. But are you willing to hand over that big check to, like you said, a grassroots organization? Mm. A lot of times, no, because the question becomes, well, who's going to take care of me and mine? Then you're not really down for it. Like you say, you are. And even more importantly, do you want this problem solved? Because some of you are profiting from this problem. And should the problem be solved, you become redundant. Some of you Wait, are no, no, no. pause, <laughs> pause, pause. Did you hear what she said? Wheel it up. Do you want this problem solved? There you go. Some of us do are unwilling to admit the fact that we don't want this problem solved. Mm-hmm. And it's a harsh truth. A lot of like, for me, it took me a while to really understand it because when we're thinking about, you know, activism and change and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Don't just ask people what the problem is. Ask them what the solution is. Yes. Because many of us are so focused on the problem, we haven't actively thought about what the solution would look like. Yep. So yes, we've galvanized all these people. Yes, we've, you know, this is the issue. But what does the solution look like? Yes. What is your plan for change? Yes. How will you implement transformation? And if you've not even thought about that, you don't want this problem solved at you don't want it solved and you can tell there are a lot of people who do i want to say what i want to say or should i say it you said it now (laughs) (laughs) and we are all about transparency here for example there are a lot of people who capitalize off of um talking about the lack of representation and inclusivity in certain organizations and institutions and stuff like that the issue, though, is if the institution does become more diverse and you actually do the work you say you're doing, you're not going to be the only black person anymore. Nope. Ooh, you're not going to be the, the token person ooh, anymore. Girl, <laughs> you better speak on this one. Um, and you ooh. see a lot of people then they don't have they will talk the talk, oh. all the, but they will still gatekeep opportunities, ooh. acting as though we can't let too many other people in Go here. Go there today. Because when we do, like you said, we're going to lose our paycheck. Mm-hmm. we're actually going to lose what we came here for and so because we don't want to feel not special anymore mm-hmm. we can't give you what we keep saying that you That's need right. right and that is one of the biggest frustrations i have sometimes about the glamorization of woke culture yep. and activism yeah yep. because there are people who are doing this work who who wants to actually see the problem solved mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they want to see the issue ended yep. and there are other people who nah knowing about the issue is good enough and i always used to use this analogy of you've got three people lying there right and all of them are asleep in a burning building mm. there's the person who i'm just gonna stay asleep because we gonna die anyway <laughs> <laughs> so i'd rather just let it happen quick mm. then you've got the other person who wakes up and does something Mm. wakes up gets the fire extinguisher whatever i feel like we've got to that this really weird alternative stage where you've got the third person who's lying there who has opened their eyes and is just screaming there's a fire yeah oh so what are you going to do about it Mm. but they're just lying there you're woke but you're not conscious nope your eyes are open but you're not moving <laughs> what's the what's Frozen. the use of being woke and not mobilized mm. i don't understand there's mm. no point there's i would rather say 
completely unaware. Close my eyes. Ignorance is actually bliss. Nope. If the only the difference between ignorance is bliss and the frustration of being aware of everything that's happened is actually doing something about it and mm. feeling like you can actually bring change and a solution. Yeah. So I don't understand how people can't be driven solution driven. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bit that I don't understand because truly then the issue isn't alarming to you. Yeah. You've noticed it's an issue. Yep. You've read all about it, but it's not alarming you. Yep. And if you don't have a burden for it, close your mouth about it. <laughs> it's it's not or or platform somebody else who is willing to do the work yes. and give them your resources yes. so that they can do it. Yes. You like oh Courtney, you just highlighted even just a beautiful point that liberation doesn't always have to have you at the forefront. You ain't got to take the stage. Just because you're aware of the problem and you have the resources doesn't mean that you need to be the main person to solve it. That's okay. And I think some of us put on this cloak of false responsibility Mm. that I must tidy up. And in a way we all have our own responsibilities, Mm. right? But in terms of forefront, being at the forefront of the movement, it's a hard thing to do. And there are people that there are other people that have been doing it great. Yes. And as you said, if you have the resources, like I have a I have a number of friends who are in the influencer space who do mm. this beautifully. They mm. have such a great platform mm. and they invite people that that specific issue is is part and parcel of them. Yeah. They invite people to speak. They give their resources to them. They raise money for them. And they really, really are selfless with the way in which they pursue that liberation mm. because they know that they don't have to be at the front to see change happen. Yes. That's okay. We are such a generation driven by being in the spotlight. Yes. Driven by being the main character for change. It's okay to be a supporting actress or actor. That's okay. You can even be one of the light in, you know, the help. (laughs) And the thing is though, those (laughs) those people are necessary. (laughs) You'll even sleep better at night knowing that you're the help. A hundred percent. Because one thing I do know is that, I'm sure, you know, people who were a part of the NAACP, you know, and the, what was the <laughs> They didn't sleep well. They, guys, they did not sleep well. I don't think fact, you understood. some of them weren't sleeping because they were shooting at their house. <laughs> so I'm sure the people in the background were thinking, I'm so thankful Yo, that I just served the Literally, the there biscuits. is one of the most famous images of Malcolm X was him looking out the window with like an AK-47 On gun. shoulder. <laughs> Why would you openly invite that if you're truly not sold it's out dangerous. for the cause? Being an activist is dangerous. People the, are... Th- this is the thing though. Now, activism doesn't look like it's dangerous. Mm. It looks like it's very inviting actually. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's very inviting and this is this is the thing that we need to dispel Mm. if you're going to be about it be about it Mm. but know what you're giving up your life for and be dedicated to that that's virtue that's virtue don't just try and act acts like it and also don't let yourself be judged by other people Mm. don't Mm. be shamed don't be do your reading in private yep go to the panel discussions that you need to go to and stuff like that but be open about needing to know more yeah be open about the fact that you're still in the process of learning and yeah. be open to having other people teach you yeah, yeah for sure for sure and that's even a really nice segue into the whole a little bit more into the whole mm. issue of presenting as politically correct mm. on social media <laughs> <laughs> yep 
presenting as politically correct on social media especially during this cancel culture especially during cancel culture i don't know if you've seen the social dilemma on netflix yet but oh guys we definitely recommend that you should go and watch it (laughs) great great stuff Um, and really does open your eyes to the importance of diversifying the content you consume, mm. diversifying the places that you get information from and all that good stuff. But yeah, political correctness on social yes. media, social justice warriors, as the term has come to mean. I think it's a difficult tightrope to mm. be on because on the one hand, you want to be respectful. Mm. You want to make sure that you're highlighting issues that are important. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're on the quote unquote right side. Right. Right. But in the age of alleged free speech. <laughs> Allegedly. Alleged. Um, in the age of free speech. In the age of, you know, critical thinking and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At what point does political correctness become policing it's a very very thin <laughs> line no i completely <laughs> i i <laughs> i think it's so interesting yeah um because one thing that um i guess liberalism and almost socialism mm. right has done especially when it comes to political correctness is in the attempt to liberate people so that they are no longer silenced yep you co-opt the same methods mm. so you can silence other people mm. so it becomes paradoxical in the sense of do you want people to be free because yep. then you've got to free everybody yeah or do you actually want to control what people are saying and you just want the the power to be shifted you don't want it to be balanced you want it completely shifted mm. right because power t- was toxically in the hands of a few to be able to silence or or empower whoever they chose to right yep, so yep. who do you give money to who do you employ who do you allow to take the stage but now it's almost like we want those sh- that that equality and that um those that power we want that power and that um equity to not be balanced Mm. we don't want everyone to now have the right to speak Mm. we want the people who we think are good yeah to have the right to speak right because now what is considered virtuous or important has changed Mm -hmm. the definition has changed it's not just about are you rich do you have popularity Mm. it's now about do you have the right politics yeah so it's not about giving people the freedom to actually speak what they believe yeah it's about who is the most liberal of us all Mm. right Mm. and that's when you start seeing people literally policed and silenced for Mm. their opinion because there are some people and i find it so funny when people are somebody will say say for example i know i must sound so right wing i'm not um (laughs) (laughs) say for example though somebody who is let's just take general election time someone who is conservative yeah right they say something conservative, right? They, they give a conservative <laughs> point of view. Right? What a shocker. And the first criticism is, you sound so uneducated. Mm. Actually, the person is well-read. Very well-read. They have actually looked at all of these other spectrums of opinion. Yeah. They just don't agree with you. Mm. But mm. the first thing you fling at them is, you're uneducated. And this was one of the things I encountered whilst I was at university. Yeah. Study. I studied human, social, and political sciences. So, all the stuff about socio-political world, I really delved into that. During conversations, you will come up with 
a critical analysis yep. of an argument. And one of my questions always used to be, if I disagree with you, why is it painted like I haven't read enough? Mm. Because the way you frame that suggests that I should just agree with what I've read. But that's not the essence of wokeness. The yep. essence of wokeness is can I think critically yep. about what I'm being fed? Whether you tell me you're woke or not, whether you tell me you're the smartest person on the world or not, I should have my own mind. I'm not just going to let you pour the Kool-Aid down my throat. Yep. It's not going to work. I'm not going to let you pour the Kool-Aid down my throat. And so because of that, if I disagree with you, why is it now painted like I'm uneducated? Actually, I'm very clued up. I just have my own opinion. Yep. Ooh. And why am I not free to have my own opinion? That's when you then realize it's actually not about freedom. Mm. It's about acceptance yep. into a new group, into mm. a new clique that's now on top. Mm -hmm. It's the shift mm -hmm. from the popular kids, the jocks and the cheerleaders. They're not popular anymore. Yep. Who's popular now? The quirky alternative kids. Mm -hmm. But now they're the gatekeepers of acceptance. Mm. That's a problem. Ooh, gatekeepers of acceptance. Oh, you were <laughs> dropping a whole lecture there. I was really <laughs> sitting back and enjoying that. But I definitely agree. I think for many of us, because we think in very specific frameworks, like mm. that exchange of power that you described just there, because we are thinking of power in that specific framework, freedom looks like inversion. Mm. It doesn't look like escape. Perfect. It literally looks like inversion. Um, and I think the quote is by Audrey Lord. Um, you cannot dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. Yep. And so many people get that quote wrong. They think it's dismantle <laughs> the, pastor's, uh, the, the master's house with his tools. It, it don't work like it that, sweetie. Work. You're going to end up building a house next door that looks very alike. Exactly like it. Exactly like it. And I've seen it happen and manifest in so many different contexts and so many different communities where liberation just looks like a perverse version of what already exists mm. we need to think outside of these things and in order to think outside of so these in, in order to think outside of these things we need to be willing to listen mm. hear mm. agree and disagree i love what you said about the fact that many of us paint people that disagree with us as stupid they're not they are high more often than not they are highly educated people mm -hmm. It may just be that they don't agree with you yeah. or they haven't come across a compelling enough argument to sway their minds. Right. And that's where things like debate and conversation and critical thinking come into play. Yes. And maybe we definitely had, you know, our own privileges of going to places that kind of try to foster this kind of thinking. Mm. But even then, how dangerous is it that many of us are always in the company especially online in the company of people that affirm what we think mm. to the point that that becomes our worldview yeah so that when somebody challenges our opinions it's almost as if they're challenging our worldview and sense of orientation yeah we can't afford to be so attached to these things because they will change mm. and i often have this conversation with courtney where we talk about so what's going to be accepted in the next 10 20 years because it changes guys all the time it changes some of the things that you're saying on twitter or on instagram or whatnot right now may not be popping in 10 years time in oh. fact somebody may be framing some of your tweets and coming for right you now in 10 20 years time right now oh a hundred percent a hundred percent and so it really is about realizing like you said earlier in this episode mm. there is no destination with this there things isn't. are constantly evolving develop a critical mind yep 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 and then when it comes to the issue of social justice warriors mm. in particular 
I got a lot for y'all because <laughs> go on, say pop off. I got a lot because I understand the need. There, okay, so there are certain issues where you know we can we can we can actually talk about how problematic it is. Like for example, if you do have a very wayward opinion mm. on human rights, basic human mm. rights, or like mm-hmm. the way particular communities and groups are seen, mm. if it's threatening to life, yes then i mean somebody gotta police you the police need to be policing you but that's even a whole conversation for another day <laughs> the police need to be policing you the issue with social justice warriors sometimes is who made you that gatekeeper who, who gave you the, you the authority do you get what i'm saying like it becomes and this is not to say that you can't like become the authority yourself mm. and all that kind of stuff but when you start actively policing other people you right. need to maintain that same energy when it when it's you you need to maintain that same energy of being teachable when it's you because whilst your social justice warrior or the gatekeeper on this particular topic as we were saying earlier if somebody else comes with another topic that you're ignorant of you better maintain that same humble energy that you expected from somebody that was that you were checking serve it you better accept you better you absolutely must and i think that's the problem that's where the dissonance comes where we dole out an energy that we never expect to receive in return keep that same the same way that i would check somebody on an issue is the same energy i expect back to me if i'm saying something ignorant yeah you better check me yes you better check me because that's somebody's livelihood that's somebody's way of thinking that's their worldview and if you have like if you have that energy you better expect it in return Mm -hmm. that's the problem with the world today it can be boiled down to that maintain that energy keep that same energy and make sure you can handle what you dish out it says don't don't go throwing stones at glass houses don't don't if you live by the sword you better be prepared to (laughs) die by it be prepared straight up and this this is the thing a lot of us aren't a lot of us are very hypocritical very in that sense and you get a hold of one theory that you haven't even read into very ah. deep and now you use it as a knife to stab other people and their opinions and then when somebody does challenge you you haven't even got enough information That's and all. you're you haven't got enough awareness about the thing you so-called stand by they're probably that's why they said about. to go google it because they don't know either <laughs> <gasps> they said google it and share your findings with share your findings so that i can continue to beat you in this conversation <laughs> i'm uh, so done but in all honesty we need to learn how to respectfully agree and disagree with each other we need to learn how to have conversations with people that disagree with us without attacking them as an as a yes. person attacking their entire worldview and i think Again, this is for another episode of how social media, like the algorithms actually actively work against our favor Mm. in this. But learning to critically think, learning to go back to what wokeness was originally about is probably going to be our best bet moving forward. Learning to platform the people that are really at the heart of the movements that you care about. Mm. Learning to be a main character when you're called to be a main character and the help when you need to be the help is also great. And lastly, maintaining the energy that you dole out to other people in the name of a cause when the roles are reversed Mm. is important. Wow. However... (laughs) 
Unfortunately, our dear listeners, we have come to that time where we must abandon you. <laughs> We're going to be back in like three days. <laughs> We're honestly spoiling them at this point. But um the conversation certainly does not have to stop here we are always interested to hear more about your thoughts so please 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 let us know what you have to say about wokeness you can do this by adding us on instagram at to my sisterhood and you can also say hi to us personally on our pages at courtney.daniela and at renee kapuku or tweet us with the hashtag to my sisters and join the sisterhood by signing up to our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together. We will talk to you very soon and remember, keep glowing and growing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.